If you were asked to describe it, what would you say is the state of design and advertising in your home country? In this episode, Sherman Valois shares his opinions on this, as well as the importance of engaging designers that have a good understanding of design principles. Something can look good, but it might not be good for your brand. Listen to this episode, which is actually part two of the conversation with Sherman. What do you want to be known for? And what are you doing to get there? If you're looking for a platform that encourages conversations about creating, innovating, building, and branding for the African market, then subscribe and let's talk about building African brands. I'm your host, Anissa Chukumba. What would you what would you say is the is the state of brand strategy and brand design in an African context and I suppose the same context? I think we're seeing there's a new crop of young-owned businesses who are very much sure of what they want. And uh, these are easy to convince to actually, you know, go through the brand strategy sprint. But the old old clients, like, you know, you know the old guys, it's not easy. They, they don't see value in, in actually having a process like that. But uh, like I said, you know, the young-owned businesses, they were exposed. Some of them have traveled and some of them read a lot. They, they're always reading these, um, you know, papers online. And there's so much thought leadership content on branding and on brand strategy online. And when you talk to them about the importance of uh, brand strategy, they see the importance of having such a, a process and it's easy for them to agree. But to, to talk about... You know, the state of brand strategy in Zimbabwe, um, I might not have the, you know, the, the right answer for that. Um, but I think we're seeing a lot of other creatives um, facilitating the process as well and making it as part of their, uh, you know, their services. Okay. Okay. So maybe let me be specific. What would you say is the state of, of design? In Zimbabwe? Yes. <laughs> Um, the, the state of design in Zimbabwe, uh, I think it's it's in a good space, uh, but there's still more that needs to be done. We're seeing evidence of clutter in most of our work, and I feel like we lack we lack in the in the power of stories. We're not um, investing much in storytelling. Um, most of our advertising is is more like. Like a flyer, if you've seen the you know the printed flyers, like even our billboards. Recently, we had a group of students from Stellenbosch on a design, and uh, that's one thing that we spoke about. You know, um, the clutter, the billboard clutter in Harare. There's just too much billboard clutter in Harare. And one question one of the lecturers asked me was that: Is is this a culture in Harare? And you know what, I, I, I stopped and, and I said, maybe it's a culture, because uh, if you look at our combis in Harare, they reflect that, you know, sort of a, a cluttered way of communicating. Um, and also, most of these people that, uh, okay, the, the marketing people who happen to be approving designs or creative work in, in their respective positions in different companies, they come from different backgrounds. 
someone goes to a church that uses very bright posters and uh, the posters, you know, church posters are very littered with so much content. <laughs> They're not clean, uh, if I may use that word. So it becomes an accepted way of communicating. And we're seeing that evidence, you know, from the convicts, from the church posters, now to the billboards. But I think it's stemming from a position of not knowing principles, you know, because design, good design is principled. And uh, I think we still need to go back to the design principles where we let the design principles to uh, help us to make decisions, not about feelings or association uh, based on what we, we've seen growing up. So just in case we have people that are listening that aren't from Zim, a combi, how do you even describe a combi? It's um... a combi, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can speak, you can speak. I know, I know in Kenya they call it Matatu, but essentially it's the part of the public transport system and they are not buses per se, they are like minivans, but they're yeah. essentially part of, like a big part of the, the public transport system in Zim. And um, with that, like, are you saying brand clutter and billboard clutter? What do you mean by a billboard clutter? Uh, so what I mean is that the... Uh, the, the advertising designs that you see on the billboards, like, you know, the billboard itself that is, is full of clutter. When you look at a very cluttered piece of uh, visual communication, you know, the eye struggles to focus on one thing because everything is just all over the place. Again, that's a basic principle of design where a good designer knows how to balance elements on a given you know, piece of artwork. Um, you know, the principle of the ground and the foreground visual hierarchy, all those things, if a designer knows them, they'll make decisions based on those things. But again, sometimes designers don't have the power because they're not the ones paying. The client will say, no, why are you wasting so much space? All this white space, it could be, you could put something useful. Uh, but they forget that, you know, the science of perception doesn't care about feelings. It cares about proven, you know, uh, research effects that you know, the way we read, we read in a, if you take the letter F, no, we read from what? From, yeah, to the right. To the, left, to the right. And yeah, we go, we go down. down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those are the really uh, proven scientific um, ways of uh, visual perception. Um, and you take that, the science of perception, and you, you take the principles of design, and you make a decision, and people who really benefit but we're not seeing that in Arare, uh, especially in Arare, because once you leave Arare and you go to other parts of the country, like Bawai, for example, it's a lot better because uh, you don't see the culture there in, in, in Bawai. Maybe it's starting to, to crop up right now because of you know, traveling and you know people moving up and down. But really, the last time I was there, you know, even the minibuses that we're talking about, they're just clean and there's no branding uh, on the minibuses. Um, even the, the shop branding in, 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 in some of the shops in, in Lawayo is clean. It has a reputation for being a clean city. That's part of their branding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like some of the challenges we have in the visual space in, in Zimbabwe, it stems from a point of things changing in, in Zimbabwe for the last, uh, I think, 30 years. Because uh, a designer growing up in South Africa, you know, the window display, the shop display, it's one of, uh, it's a canvas to them because 
window displays in South Africa or in other countries that still has window displays. It's a piece, it's, an, it's, it's actually a platform for a creative company and advertising agents to tell a story. But come back to our area, all our window displays now, we have backed up bars, the pavements are occupied. So a, a, a new designer growing up in Zimbabwe, probably their only chance of seeing the power of, of uh, window displays through mockups, online mockups, but they'll never get a chance to come up, let's say, with the best window display for Edgar stores uh, in, in, in Arare or in Zimbabwe for that matter. So this is just the, the degeneration of, of our infrastructure that's affecting the way we design in Zimbabwe, where most of our designers Probably the billboard is the only biggest thing that they can design, or maybe a website. Another is so many mediums to 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 work with, and even to become more creative. I mean, to be honest, like I would have said, it's uh, your billboard clutters, both the billboards themselves, <laughs> positioning wise <laughs> around the city, and um, as well as the design. And I suppose to do with the positioning of the city is. It's it all affect like everything affects everything surrounding perception, right? So like what you're saying um, with having white space on images and having images that have less going on, it's the same with the billboard. We now have places where you go and they're like five billboards stacked together. That even though it's a good spot because there's a lot of traffic, mm. it starts to beg the question of is it good for your brand? And um, mm. even like with what you're saying surrounding visual hierarchy, we have good design and then we have good design supported by what you want to be known for and where you want to go and how you want your brand to be perceived. And the two really do need to go hand in hand. And it's interesting that you also touched on people learning design in Zim and it's basic 101 of visual hierarchy. There's a certain way that we've been trained to think because it helps yeah. us, um, it helps us live in society, right? So, for example, in brand strategy workshops, I always like to ask the question: If you see red, what do you think? If you see a red robot, what do you do? You stop. If you see a red sign, you know that it means danger. But if you danger. see red in February, you know that they're advertising Valentine's. Mm -hmm. So it's just all of these different things that then come together, but. Yeah. How did you actually go through the process of learning visual hierarchy, of learning clean design? I think uh, it's it's practice. Um, I did commercial design at college, um, but back then, I think um, there wasn't there wasn't much internet as we have today. Uh, um, but uh, it's also through practice and learning from mistakes. Uh, but more, most importantly, uh, researching and reading, uh, reading a lot, getting, getting exposed to good work, reading a lot about the very best case studies out there. I've always been a fan of uh, Pentagram. You know, Pentagram, one of the best independent-only design studios in, in based in London, but they've got you know footprint across the world. And also, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of architecture, uh, photography. And when I see a building, I always try to learn the, the way it's structured, you know, the, the, the many layers that make up a building and to think about the design in that uh, aspect. 
has helped me to learn a lot about design. I've also done user experience design uh, as a as a short program with UCT, and during that uh, time, you know, a big part of our UX is 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 to understand the business case, but also represent the users, and representing the users. There's a lot of things that one needs to take into account, you know, psychology and you know just the way people perceive information and so that has been part of my you know my foundation and you know improving every year every year I learn a lot there's always new stuff that I learn coming from a design background I didn't know much about marketing I had to read about marketing I had to do a few LinkedIn courses on marketing uh, even the what you call campaign storytelling advertising for campaigns and I realized that there was a structure to actually creating powerful campaigns it's not just okay I've got the base idea it has to be well structured and it has to follow a certain path. And, and that was researching and reading. But I would, I would say this though, uh, when I was doing my dissertation at college, I think I stumbled upon a book called uh, the, the Visual Seduction of Advertising. So it had the base campaigns for that particular year. And at the back of that book now, it is explaining, it explained the process uh, of how these guys were able to come up with these great, great campaigns and great designs. And it it became clear to me that it's a design is a science. And if you take it as a science, you know, you can really come up with powerful campaigns. And everything that you do is now based on a scientific fact. It's, not, it's no longer about just gut feeling. Uh, it's no longer about just uh, intuition. But now everything has to be methodical and well-researched and principled in terms of how we do things here. Like you're saying, design is a science. That's actually very, very powerful. How have you developed your style? I mean, I was saying that you can tell when you have designed something, right? So you have Turnberry, you have um, all of these different brands that are popping up. You can tell because they're so clean and I haven't encountered anyone doing design that is as clean in Zimbabwe where it's it's clean it's minimalistic it's elegant and it's communicating something that you can see like if it's a property company you can see that you put thought into into how to incorporate what they're doing what they could become as well and just the color palettes are always clean how did you develop your style and how did you actually start going more into the minimalistic type of design? I think it, it stems from associations. As a designer, you know, the only way I can get inspired is to feed feed visually. So uh, when we were growing up, like I said, that internet was not really big. So the only thing that we had in terms of seeing what's based out there were magazines. And I remember at college, a magazine was very important. We would always buy magazines. Uh, then fast forward to the internet age. Now you can read case studies from the biggest uh, creative companies in the world. So if you if you if you follow Soka, uh, Juventus is one of the most interesting uh, rebranding uh, projects, case studies I've seen. It was done by a, a company called Interbrand. Uh, there's also Mastercard. It, it rebranded a few years ago. But now when you really sit down and study, you know, how these things were done, it tells you where 
global design is versus local design. And as someone who wants to be part of that global design, uh, that's at the very top level. You know, you, you know what to do. You know where to work. You know how to, you know, tweak things and make yourself uh, be part of that design that is rooted in principles, but also acceptable in terms of, uh, you know, the quality that we we all desire to have. At the very least, I can say that. It's always about feeding, feeding your your brain, feeding your feeding your, your your inspiration, and also having an eye to see what's nice. Because some people, I don't know if they've they have the ability to see nice things, or it's not just there. So I think also being able to see that this is nice, this is ugly, this is nice, this is ugly. Um, but I always say that nice things without substance. And nothing. So it has to be nice with a bit of substance. So the substance is now about the principles. It's now about the story. It's about understanding what the business is all about. Uh, you mentioned uh, Traker Design Workshop. Traker wasn't looking like that. We had to rebrand. Even Tenebit wasn't looking like that. We had to rebrand. At the time of doing that project, I think the questions I had was okay. What is the meaning of Troika? So all my logos, it stands from ab ab abstraction, where you take, you know, concepts and break them down into their most simplest form, but still be able to see, you know, the binding, you know, concept or the binding idea for any concept that we, we, we choose to, to focus on. And with Troika, it was the, the just the dynamics of Troika and how it re represents the partners that were part of the group then. Right now it is expanded, it's becoming very big. The story keeps evolving, but that word Troika is still very important. No, Troika is the, is the, is the, they're the architects, then okay. Tenberry is the property developer. And, and for Tenberry, the, the logo is based on the floor plan. And, but you know, the letter T is inverted within the floor plan. It's a play of, you know, design styles or design principles, if you call them that way, mm -hmm. that help you to make a decision. What if I invert this uh, whatever logo? How does it look when it's inverted? So you want to create uh, similarities. Um, and, and if you look at many, 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 many uh, artistic ende endeavors, even... Um, Shakespeare himself. Shakespeare was known for using uh, the repetition technique. You know, if you go through his works, there's so much of repetition, and that repetition was for emphasis. And when you look at uh, design, visual design itself, there's, there's an interplay of patterns that keep on repeating and repeating and repeating. And when you're designing a logo, you just don't want to be confined to, okay, how, this, how is this thing going to look on a business card, on a building? Try to accessorize a brand and see, okay, if I'm going to break the, the logo into, you know, into um, uh, whatever units or into elements, will someone be able to see that this is Tenberry or this is, is this Troika? And that's how you start building a very flexible identity system where 
it can just grow and grow and grow. Um, we've seen big brands for that. If you see the MasterCard, MasterCard logo, those two intersecting circles, without the MasterCard, you know that it's MasterCard. Uh, it's because of really pushing um, design to, to the last detail and also to think about application at a very much bigger scale. And when you look at all these different uh, um, um, industries in terms of the arts itself, the, the techniques and the principles used are more related. Brand communication really is about repetition and, and that you are reinforcing a message and you're reinforcing um, what you want people to associate you with. So I love that you're using this from even just the elements. I've seen clients that will, you know, start to get bored of their brand a little bit because they're seeing it over mm. and over again, right? But you might start to feel like you're bored because you're so close to your business. You're so close to your brand. You're seeing that orange every day. You're seeing it in a poster. You've seen it in this. You've seen it in that. That you then see that some people want to do like a sort of mini rebrand prematurely but there are risks of that right because you can lose out on brand recognition by making too many changes to your brand by not being consistent with your color palette by not being consistent with the way that your logo looks even something as simple as positioning making too many changes to that can can actually lead to you losing out on brand recognition repetition matters So tell me, what do you want to be known for and what are you doing to get there? I would love to know who you are and what you're working on. So send me a message or a DM and let's connect. And before you do, please do leave a rating and a review. Thank you for listening to this podcast.